Welcome to a new episode of Chasing the Unicorn. During the next two weeks, in collaboration with the Healthcare Club of London Business School, we're organizing a series of health-focused interviews. We'll be interviewing the finalists of the Health Tech Challenge, a competition of early-stage startups. Out of 35 participants, six startups have been selected based on the technical feasibility of the idea, the potential impact for an unmet health need, the feasibility of the execution plan, and the skills and expertise of each team. The final will take place on the 26th of May and a price of £10,000 will go to the winning team. Today I'm interviewing Rita from MindFinder. Thank you for joining us, Rita. Could you please introduce yourself quickly? Hi, um, yeah, my name is Rita and I am the co-founder and CEO of MindFinder. We are an assistive technology startup that helps the blind and visual impaired community become more independent and bring the latest technologies and advancements to help them in their, their daily tasks. Very cool. So uh, could you give us a quick overview of the team behind the, the, the product, please? Yeah. Um, so uh, my co-founder um, or the other founder is Ferdinand Lush. Uh, he is uh, the CTO and takes in charge everything that has to do with product development. Uh, he's an ex-Googler and ex-Bloomberg intern. Um, and now he's doing a machine learning degree. Um, the rest of the team are all very, very recent joiners. So we have about nine volunteers from different universities like the University of Oxford, uh, Oxford Briggs University, UCL, all of whom joined our mission because they believe on, in what we do. Uh, they love the app. They love how innovative uh, we brought the product and the community that we work with. Um, and they operate in different segments, such as marketing, business development, and finance, and computer science. Nice. Yeah. So very diverse team. And so could you tell us more about the exact problem uh, that you're trying to solve with this, uh, with this app? Yeah. Um, so the, in, in general, um, blind, the blind community is suffering from the lack of integration of new technologies. Or even if there are new technologies, they're quite expensive. Um, so, for example, taking a competitor's uh, average pricing like Orcam would be £2,000 per, per pen that would read the text out loud from a paper. When we have all of this technology that can go into apps that would cost far less, uh, far less of what they need. It could be used on their phones. They don't really need an extra hardware system and they can use it every day in real life uh, because you carry your phone every day with you. It's become a necessity to everyone these days. So yeah, so the problem is a problem of cost, a problem of training. Uh, an individual, when they lose their vision, uh, they're less likely, there's only, I think, based on the RNIB, one in five people who lose their vision receive in-house training. That's for other people who never, who have to cope independently with their vision loss. Um, also, in terms of um, integration or training in terms of technology, the community is far behind and they don't really have a specific community that takes them by the hand when, when they lose their vision and then guides them towards that. That, that There is a cost attached to that, which are vision coaches. Uh, so they can be hired by the hour and they're usually the ones that are training. So 
yeah, so a problem of cost, uh, a rising number of, of, of blindness in general in, in, in the world, um, a problem of lack of support for in-house training when the person loses their vision. Thank you. And so you mentioned you were working for a community. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Um, yeah, so we're building a community around the product. Um, we, uh, when we started uh, MyFinder, we thought, yeah, we, well, we have this great tech, but we interact with blind people and we fell in love with how optimistic and how uh, they have just a different vision about the world. And uh, it's very emotional. And they're really high achievers. So we decided, well, I've, I've never heard, for example, of a blind wood turner who makes amazing furniture. And I think the rest of the world should hear about him. Uh, also a blind person working in TV in the, in the set for, for TV shows. No one would hear about it. Um, so it's, it's quite amazing for what talent that community holds. And we're trying to bring that out, inspire and inspire anybody who has any accessible, any, any disability to just be the best version of they are because disability does not define who they are. Um, it's, it's a criteria, but it does not define who they are. Yeah. Very inspiring. So you're, so you're working with blind people to further develop your product or you're um, basically collaborating with them to test and, and ask for feedback? How does it work? Yeah, so we launched the app on the 28th of January and we ran about three rounds of tests with, as of today, uh, about 550 people. And at every round, um, we've either deleted, added new features. Um, and yeah, it's been an amazing journey. We're now finally at our final product and launching um, the the final uh, version of the product, of course, not final. I mean, in software, nothing is final. It's probably going to develop for the next five to 10 years, but we're hopeful. <laughs> nice. And coming back a bit to the roots, how did you get this idea? Why did you want to solve a problem for, uh, for blind people particularly? Yeah, so um, it's, it's it's less romantic than it seems, but it's the we met at a hackathon. Um, me and my co-founders. It was a, a, a Oxford hack uh, in 2019, and one of the problems was use AI to help someone with disability. Um, I my grandma is blind, so we're like, and my my co-founder he's visually impaired. He just got his eyes lasered, so he's like, we better do something before I lose my sight because I'm afraid of getting lasered. Um, so I better prepare for my own future. <laughs> so we, we started it as like a fun kind of exercise in a weekend. And then from there, um, we went to a couple of competitions like Microsoft Imagine World Cup and the Cambridge Entrepreneurs and other competitions. And it just became an actual business that we decided to go ahead with. Um, it, COVID, of course, did slow down that process. We did not... Um, anticipate our product to be an app. It was actually uh, an, in a smart home system, an IoT system uh, that you get to, in, it's like a, it's like Alexa, but it's like Eve uh, and you interact with it. It finds your stuff, it, ta it talks back, um, but we couldn't do that due to our suppliers being mainly in China. So we're like, ah, let's just put the same AI in an app and see how that goes. Um, yeah, but we still, we still hope to go back to our initial project. Okay. That's awesome. So, and you said as well that one of the advantages of your app was the cost um, for the user. So what's, 
what's your business model uh, like how do you how do you aim to produce revenue out of this app when once it will be launched yeah um so for now the app is free uh, just because we do want to train our ai we want to see how people react to having a, a very easy interface to multiple features um in the future it will be through brand partnerships so sponsorships uh, corporate social responsibility partnerships with companies and also the more features we add the more cloud costs we will have so we will revert to a subscription-based model uh, based on extra features for example or higher performance of our ai like for example the first version of our ai when we tested had only 70 objects which was fairly computable it's fine uh, and they were the most 70 object that you find in a, in a particular home but now we upgraded to 360 and uh, going to 450 soon but the more the higher we go the larger the computational cost is going to be so the more features i think the person is going to need the higher the then there's going to be a premium version which is subscription version Okay, thank you for that. Interesting. Um, so another question this time more related to the health tech challenge may, and maybe related to what you just said, how would you use um, the 10,000 pounds um, in the yeah in the next phases of development? Yeah, that's uh, that when you have like and you have like such a big goals and you have 10,000, I would like, I could use it in so many different ways, but we have to prioritize. And our main priority is to maintain the cloud costs for the last update that is launching. Um, that's the first segment that, that, that's probably gonna be half of the money because the AI uh, cost is quite high. Um, the second aspect of it, we do want to IP our, 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 our process. Uh, most of our competitors, even the apps, do not have the same process that we have. They could have the same um, code or data or the source code, but it's not the same process and how we use, we use it. And we really want to IP it before it's too late. Um, our, our other aspects are in terms of marketing. We have, because of COVID, we haven't been able to meet physically with our um, with our uh, users, but we do want to hire um, a video company so we can actually make a video of people using it and, and, and bring out the features of what we're doing. Um, and that's mostly, mostly that's it. <laughs> it's not, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, when it comes to money in terms of startups, there's not enough money in the world that could cover all the projects that we want to do, but we're happy with what we get and we're very grateful for that as well. Uh, yeah, I imagine. Um, and you, so you mentioned that the, that the main advantage uh, when comparing to your competitors would be the process of your app. Um, can you tell us a bit more about who are these uh, competitors and how, how do you differentiate if it's by the process? Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah. Um, so the direct competitors in terms of features are uh, CNAI by Microsoft uh, and um, AI Poly, Be My Eyes. They all have different features that we have integrated already. The only differentiator here is that we use object detection and object navigation, which none of the apps have. So which means when um, 
when I'm in a room and I want to find where my keys are, uh, the app is going to tell me where they are in terms of where I'm standing. So it would, oh, there are 0.5 meter on your right or on your left or somewhere in your environment. So that 3D positioning does not exist in other apps. Um, the other process that we have is it's very accessible. We have one button and a search function in our whole app. All the other apps have different buttons for everything. So if it if you want the AI to if you want the AI to read text, you have to press on text. You have to press on object. You have to press on scenery. For us, our AI does it automatically. It actually knows what's in front of it. So if it's text, it's going to read the text. If it's a scene, it's going to describe it. You don't need to. It's like pressing your camera to take a picture. It doesn't need to. Um, the third aspect of which we differentiate, we we run all computations on the person's phone. So it's very private uh, unless they activate the option where uh, you can you can upload my data to the cloud. Uh, we don't upload anything. It's very private. You could take pictures of your home in any kind of private or intimate setting um, while you're it's helping you on your task. And we do not uh, we do not collect any data behind that compared to all the other apps where all the information is sent to the cloud. Um, so that's one of the huge aspects that we really wanted to focus on because one of the recent market research studies we did with people wanting to use um, um, things in intimate spaces that they don't really talk about, like in the bathroom or to identify some things, but they're always scared because it's the phone that you're taking out and you're sending your information to the internet on an app. So that was one of the crucial aspects that we wanted to focus on. So yeah, those three differentiators and I can go on and on and on. <laughs> no, it sounds super promising. Well, I hope, I mean, I wish you best of luck for the challenge and thank you very much for your time. Thank you. To our audience, thank you again for listening and see you on the 26th of May. Thank you.